Now don't get don't get scared and start turning off your radios, huh? I'm not advertising or trying to sell you anything. If the mouthwash you're using uh, is uh, not the right kind and it tastes sort of like sheep dip, why well, you just have to go right on using it. I can't advise any other kind. So. Welcome to Bacon Beans and Limousines. This is a Will Rogers Memorial <laughs> Museum podcast. I'm your host, Jake Crumweedy. Guys, I'm Bart Taylor, uh, co-host extraordinaire. We are sitting here in a different place, different time, across the street at the Docent House. We've got a special guest with us this afternoon. Guest, who are you? Where are you? I am the intern, Lucas Morrison, and I'm sitting right across the table from you, Bart. Feels real good, doesn't it? All right, guys, we'll sit back, relax, pop on those cowboy boots, and we'll be back real fast. All right, guys. Mm. Here we are. Oh, okay, we're here. Round two. Well, don't tell them that. Secrets. No. Okay. This is our uh, second attempt at doing this uh, episode. We we tend to have some tef- technical difficulties sometimes, and darn if we didn't completely finish recording this episode and we lost the whole thing. The whole episode. Here we are starting over. The whole episode, folks. No, no, no. I take that back. The first time it was just a dress rehearsal. Yes, that's true. That's, that we're that just pra- we were just practicing. Sometimes we need a little practice. Well, yeah. guys, we want to thank you for coming here. Thank you for tuning in. Forced listens. Maybe you are being forced. Who knows? <laughs> but you are here. We're excited. And this is episode 24. What are we talking about today? Today, we're going to be looking at Will Rogers and his relationship with the presidents um, of his era in the, well, really, from Teddy Roosevelt to Theodore Roosevelt. No, not Theodore Roosevelt. Franklin Roosevelt. Franklin. We're historians around here. Yeah, yeah. A little slip of the tongue there. Um, So anyway, we're talking, looking at his relationship with presidents, and we figured since we are knee-deep in a... um, uh, election cycle, we just, uh, the... Republican National Convention is uh, has been going on, and that's kind of uh, oh, and it's sure a humdinger, isn't it? Isn't it great to just sit back and watch all of this happen in both fantastic, the, uh, fantastic primary I'm, campaigns, and now we're going to be getting into the real, the real the re- deal, oh, the real juice, the real meat. And that's what's cool too is uh, you know our subject, Mr. Will Raj. Uh, it's nice that he actually went to some of those conventions, yeah, and uh, got some notoriety for it. I mean, some of the stuff that he said. Uh, is in volume-bound books. We have it in books. Yeah. So yeah. it's pretty cool. Uh, a lot of stuff that we could cover, but... A lot of his material his that he wrote was on was on the Republican or Democratic National Conventions. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, it's this time of year, it's easy to stop and sit back and think about uh, Will Rogers' impact on political discourse. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, definitely. Definitely. And um, anyway, so this is uh, a little bit what we're going to be focusing on today, his relationship with presidents and his kind of influence on them in some ways all right well guys we're gonna take a quick break be right back with you and uh, stick around the interns going to speak one of these days thank you Let's dive right in. Um, what uh, really starting this conversation about Will Rogers' relationship with presidents—that's kind of a uh, 
you know, uh, one thing that I've heard people say around here, oh, yeah, Will Rogers was friends with presidents. Well, I, the way, I think the better way of looking at it is Will Rogers had relationships with presidents of varying different degrees, and I don't know if it, some of them were, were, were very friendly. Yeah, some of them call them all friends, yeah. You know, I, I don't think they were, yeah, yes. acquaintances, um, but certainly once he got later in life, you know, by the time uh, FDR right. came around, you could really start to see how influential Will Rogers was in yes, the process. Definitely. That's something that uh, Lucas here uh, is going to talk about, and, when, you know, when we get around to FDR, uh, we'll cover that in a minute. But you really start to see Will Rogers grow into not just a um, kind of a humorist, not just a comedian sort of character, but someone of influence. Um, and so it's, it's an interesting process. Um, anyway, so that story kind of starts, uh, really the first one that uh, is of note um, would be Teddy Roosevelt, like I mentioned before. Um, and really, uh, uh, Bart, that really wasn't uh, too much of a, a relationship. It, you know, uh, if they had a, uh, it's not like they, you know, Hung out and had coffee together, and we're, we're best buds or anything. Right? Yeah. Oh, definitely. And that's uh, that's what we like to point out too. You know, um, it is fun to say that he, he was friends with all these guys. You know, sure. And, and I do believe like his humor um, was helped along the way by knowing these big cats and him him developing into that kind of political humorist um, yeah. was only helped with these relationships. I think. Right. And the way he looked up to these men, um, I think it may, meant more to him to make fun of these. Big men that we'll get to, right? Um, you know, in a sense. So I think one good way to look at it is to like mutual respect. Um, oh, definitely. Like with, uh, I think uh, Teddy Roosevelt is that's certainly one way to look at it. Kind of what you uh, have for me uh, on a constant basis. Oh yeah, that that relationship that we have, thriving, is, yeah. mutual, <laughs> mutual respect. Hey, I mean uh, respect. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, really, uh, I think his, you know, the the relationship with with Teddy, uh, you know, that was. Obviously, Will Rogers had respect for him. He would name one of his horses after him. Um, in his younger days, when he was kind of roaming as a uh, cowboy in Texas, he was at a recruiting station and was trying to join up with uh, Teddy Roosevelt's right. Rough Riders. This was during the time of the Spanish-American War. Um, you know, it was mentioned in uh, Will Rogers' biography that uh, his wife wrote, um, so, you know, it's one of those things that uh, there was certainly a respect there. Uh, on down the road, he would, uh, uh, Will Rogers would perform for, um, for Roosevelt by the time he, you know, he was president. Um, mm -hmm. In the White House, correct? Perform for his family at the White House. Right. Um, I don't think Teddy was actually there at the time, uh, but it was certainly something that, uh, like I said, that they they knew of each other and you know respected each other. Oh yeah, I yeah. think on down the road, um, didn't you have a, a quote there? Yeah, this comes from uh, Ben Yagoder's book um, that we sell in the gift shop, and it's a great book. It's a great starter too to Will Rogers. Um, but uh, Mr. Roosevelt, Theo uh, Theodore uh, Roosevelt, says um, you know there was every reason to believe that he was a fan of Will Rogers, um, and there's a reason why. Um, one of his aides in 1919 said that. Um, and this is Roosevelt quoting Roosevelt. Uh, Will had such a keen insight into the American mind that he was bound to be a great factor in quotation marks in the political life of the nation. Um, so you know that's pretty cool. I mean, it, there's you know there's some controversies um, in, in Mr. Roosevelt's life, but for the most part, um, he's true blue American and he embodies the American uh, lifestyle. Um, mm. And um, I think that Will Rogers 
saw a lot of himself in that uh, in, in that character um, and and what he uh, you know kind of uh, pushed out to the the pop, the, the populace uh, just showing that he was kind of larger than life character and I think Will also adapted that later on in his life too he has that larger than life character yeah you know kind of a symbol of the American spirit in some yeah, ways yeah. and I think you have to almost embody and know that you're that person kind of how Theodore, Theodore did I think that Will Rogers eventually did that as well yeah anyway so you know th- it was a definitely a mutual respect that was there between uh, Teddy Roosevelt and Will Rogers uh, really I think that probably the the most significant uh, especially in these early goings was um, was President Wilson, Woodrow Wilson. Oh, yes, yes, uh, yes. A number of years later. Uh, by this point, Will Rogers, uh, if you um, have been tuning in to us for a while, and we went over his, his kind of life story, uh, Will Rogers, rather. By this point in his life, he was uh, um, performing, you know, had been per- uh, performed in Wild West shows, uh, vaudeville, and was uh, doing Broadway shows with uh, Florence Ziegfeld and the Ziegfeld Follies. Uh, he was performing uh, for uh, at a Friars Club event in Baltimore, right. and Woodrow Wilson just happened to come into attendance to see the performance, and so instantly, you, I always like we were talking about yesterday uh, in the first recording session of this podcast. <laughs> uh, it's always fun to tell the kids about this part of Will's life, those yeah. big moments where he has a, a choice to go two ways. If he right. totally bombs in front of the president, do you hear of Will Rogers? Right. Um, if he doesn't, I mean, if he does the best job like he did, um, he obviously he got to meet the president. Um, so I always think, you know, it's also you give the kids a choice. You say, what would you do in this moment? Yeah. You know, do, you, do you freeze up? Are you nervous? Do you rise to the top? Uh, do you find something deep inside yourself? And I think that's another Absolutely. part of Will that he brought out. Yeah. So basically he has this opportunity to uh, perform, uh, do a lot of his act there in front of the president, and he... Really, at this time, I don't want to say he's one of the first people to ever joke about the president, because that's certainly not the case. But, gosh, you know, it was really kind of against the grain at that point to have the president in the audience to joke about him to his face. Right. It was just so strange uh, and out of, out, of, um, out of character to what humorists and shows did to the president Most definitely. Uh, at that time. And so it was. It was certainly a risk, I think, but Wilson loved it. He laughed at all the jokes. Will Rogers kind of cracked fun at some of his policies. Uh, Pancho Villa was uh, something that uh, uh, the pursuit of, uh, it was something that was uh, going on at the time. Yeah, didn't he? Didn't he say something like, uh, "We pursued him in the morning's paper, and we're still trying to catch him." Still in trying the, to, yeah, <laughs> something still like that. trying to catch him in the evening or yeah. something like that. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, there were a number of jokes about you know things that were going on. Wilson thought it was hilarious. He he laughed and laughed about it, and um, he would you know come up to Will afterwards and you know just congratulate him and say you know about how good I mean, job am- he did. Amazing. Yeah. Again, that's I, I tell those kids. Imagine yourself. You know, after the performance, wondering yeah. how he how he took or is going to respond to that. One say, uh, one thing I was gonna uh, kind of throw in here real quick, and this is not too off topic, but do you ever get the sense that Will, since he grew up around Clem, obviously his father, uh-huh. and since Clem was around all these big figures, um, and, and these big figures were coming through the ranch all the time as a kid, sure. being around those guys, do you ever think that made him either want to strive to be a part of that scene or or maybe be comfortable enough to approach those guys. I, I think certainly that latter yeah. part. You know, I don't think he was 
as intimidated as, you know, if it was just like you or me up there, well, you know, you know, at least me. Good Lord. <laughs> uh, you know, I, yeah, I, I think it, it helped prepare him a little bit for uh, to uh, react to a situation like that exactly. better than just a normal person right. would. Right. Um, I think for certain. Yeah. yeah. I thought that would be interesting to bring up because, you know, growing up, uh, seeing all those meetings that he had at the house. You yeah. Know, Clem did. So. Uh, anyway, Wilson uh, would say to the president of the, uh, um, I'm sorry, the, the, the owner of the uh, theater uh, there that uh, came to the, where Wilson came to the performance, he would say to him, um, he was thanking the president for coming, and Wilson replied to him, I would travel 10 times that distance to listen to a man as wise as Will Rogers. Right. He just loved him. And from then on, uh, Will, uh, Wilson, obviously a very busy man, the president of the United States, but he would come and listen to Will Rogers a number of times in his life. Which is um, fantastic. Four or five times that. Um, beyond that at, while he was president. So really, uh, that was kind of the launch into what Will Rogers would become. Right. As far as a, um, a humorist that would make jokes and rib the biggest men in, in oh, yeah. the world. Well, and I, I like, like, we'll get to it here in a second, but just the differences in uh, Harding, Harding's yeah. acceptance and Wilson's acceptance, seeing him... Seeing Rogers, you know, four or five times, as you said, right. and Harding having that. How different it yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. If you want to go into that next, you know, that, right. that was so, a good one. You know, you have basically two different examples of how that can go. You know, when you're when you're cracking jokes about somebody. And really, you know, I, I like to think that Will Rogers kind of set the mold for the modern the modern day humorous, like we've talked about plenty of times before, right. Colbert and, and uh, Stewart. what John Stewart was, you know, before he retired and well, he still is, I guess. Uh, but you know, it uh, he kind of set the mold for what that what that modern day talk show host humorous. Oh, sort I totally of agree. Is. I, again, goes back to the kids. Um, I always say, you know, yeah, I think you know, you know, Jimmy Fallon, you know, these guys, you know, I start with Jimmy Fallon because that's kind of the right. the go to family one, and maybe they have watched it a time or two with their with their with their family. But coming out, hands in the pockets, nervously looking around, twitching, that all comes. It's straight very, from the book of Rogers. Very reminiscent of Will Rogers. Oh, very sure. And, um, but really that, like you were saying, that sort of way that you are joking about the president can really go one of two ways. Either very good, where Wilson laughed, loved it, saw the value of Will Rogers, or like with FDR, really saw the value of Will Rogers. Right. Which we'll get into in a minute. Or somebody like Harding, who did not take it all that well. Right, right. <laughs> Uh, there were some instances uh, where Will Rogers would, you know, just doing his normal thing, joking about the president in some way. Will Rogers always did it kind of very respectfully, um, but would crack jokes and make kind of make fun of what was going on, policies or whatnot. Uh, well, Harding didn't really care for that all that much, and he would. There was a particular situation where um, he sent a, a note to Rogers, sent a message to him saying. Next time you're going to joke about the president, leave the jokes out. Something like I know. something like that. Wouldn't that be? I mean, that would like, be a hard hitter. And you Will, lose your breath. I know. And Will Rogers took it hard. He he honestly, with it, and I think it shows a little bit of Will, Will's character too. You know, when you make those jokes, you're not intending to hurt. And no, and, and he was never um, trying to be hateful about that. Right, and it really bothered him that what he was saying was uh, taken. 
you know, as as something that was a, like a real criticism or something oh, that was negative. And it really bothered him. And if you think about today, Harding wouldn't last a second oh. with John Stewart and Stephen Colbert. Yeah, it was uh, just those a, minds. Just a different time now. Yeah, exactly. and I, I, honestly, I think Will Rogers helped shape that. I, exactly. Exactly. Um, but uh, so <laughs> Harding didn't care for it. Will Rogers was really broken up about it. He actually, you know, kind of sent as kind of a, you know, all right, let's bury the hatchet. He sent him tickets to a show that uh, where Will Rogers is going to be, and he returned the tickets and said, I'll be going to a different show, thank you. And it was just one of those things that, and from really that point on, the, they just had this weird, strange relationship. Um, yeah, that is weird because, you know, I, I always take that story with the story of Will buying that big fur coat for his dad, that big expensive oh, coat, and right. his dad sending that back. Uh, you know, in that those now he's got two dudes. You know, he better not be sending any more gifts. Pretty much, you know, yeah, some, a block of cheese or something good. You know, and really, honestly, everyone in the community that followed politics or humorists and entertainment of the time knew kind of about this strange, weird relationship where between the two of them. Right. So everyone was kind of aware of the situation. Anyway, Will Rogers had a, a quote that. Uh, um, that he, he that he had said that you know just reading it now unless you were aware of the situation it doesn't really jump off the page at you but knowing the people that knew and understood it really stuck out and you could really feel it he said um, I've cracked um, I've cracked quite a few jokes on public men here both Republicans and Democrats I hope I have not given offense in fact I don't believe any big man will take offense after all. It is the test of a big man whether he can stand the gaff. Oh yes. So he was really jabbing at. He's like, you know what? You know this. You're kind of struck back a little bit there. Yeah, you're you're at the point uh, as president of the United States where you need to be able to take it a little bit because yeah. you are, you know, big man population personified kind of. Big man don't get pet. <laughs> big men don't get petty about little things like this. Exactly. And uh, anyway, so it was kind of a, a strange. Strange relationships. Yeah, and, and to add in there, the uh, the part where Gene Buck um, kind of talks about finding Will Rogers crying about the whole situation. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, you don't hear about Will Rogers crying very often. Yeah. Um, he so took, yeah, he certainly took it hard. Very, very hard, yeah. And so that, that was really, really interesting. Just a, just a good old human being with those good old emotions. Well, guys, let's take a quick break. Come back. We'll discuss a little bit about uh, FDR and a couple other uh, good old presidents, and uh, maybe the intern might make an appearance here. Don't touch that dial, I guess? There's our, well, dials. But I don't know anything about it, and that's why I'm resigning tonight and turning the whole situation over to Father Coughlin and Huey Long, and I, I, of course. All right. Mm. So we've hit uh, a number of the, uh, the first... Uh, Several presidents that were a part of Will Rogers' uh, life. Um, the past uh, past couple episodes, we've talked a little bit about uh, Coolidge and Hoover, so we're just going to gloss over them a little bit. But really, uh, this kind of represents a transition from Will Rogers going from just a guy who joked about presidents to a guy who became where the presidents recognized him as an influential figure right Someone almost who could, asking for uh what would you do on this policy uh yeah like will. can you help me out here yeah sort of thing um for example with uh hoover um 
you know, obviously, we, as we mentioned in, a, in an episode, episode uh, it's our uh, namesake. Yeah, the, where Will Rogers' famous radio address that we uh, know as Bacon Beans and Limousines, where we took uh, for the name of this podcast, Hoover asked Rogers to speak to the nation um, about for uh, as a part of this program, uh, the president's um, organization for unemployment relief, right, um, and. Presidents recognized Will Rogers' value, right? As far as somebody that was a capable person that could address the nation and get their um, use his ability as a humorist to connect with people. Yeah, and I think he set a certain tone, um, and they knew that. Um, not only were they about to set a certain tone with some of the stuff they were about to talk about to the public, well, they knew that Will could easily get everybody pretty comfortable. Um, Definitely. Just kind of kind of what the intern will be talking a little bit about. Um, you know, will <laughs> open it up for uh, FDR and, and kind of yeah. getting getting the getting the crowd ready in a sense. So I love how he's sitting here right here with us and we keep referring to him as the intern. Maybe it's not anybody. Maybe it's just maybe me doing a voice. But <laughs> you'll never know because this is radio. So. Yeah. Okay, so uh, okay, so Bart uh, I think you and Lucas can kind of take over here as far as that relationship with FDR and how Will Rogers was starting to influence uh, influence policy and yes. that relationship with. Um, yeah, I want to start off with a quote. Um, this is something I didn't get to do yesterday, and I wanted to be sure I did today. This is a great quote. We have it on a T-shirt, and I yeah, often wear that shirt around, uh, especially during this election season here. Uh, this is a Will Rogers quote. You shouldn't elect a president. We should elect a magician. We elect our presidents, be they Republican or Democrat, then go home and start daring them to make good. Uh, that's one of my favorites, and I think that's perfect for right now. So as I lead into the relationship with FDR, um, I guess you could say this is one of the larger relationships, um, actual relationships that he has with a president. Um, and it all kind of starts um, with Will being asked to um, open up basically the 1932 Democratic National Convention um, that's being held in Los Angeles. Um, although FDR was going to come and talk there, he knew, um, and what uh, Mr. Intern will be furthering, he knew that he needed someone to, um, that can connect with the American public and that could open up for him. And so this could kind of be a theme with their, their relationship and how they use each other, because they do both use each other. Um, so FDR was coming to Los Angeles and all of a sudden, the old mayor of Los Angeles at the time said that he would not welcome uh, FDR to the state. Um, you know, an official welcoming. Here you are. Thank you. Here's some stuff. Welcome to our place. Must not have been a fan of the president. Not a fan. So I thought it was interesting that Will said, well, I'm a former mayor of Beverly Hills. He told the Roosevelt manager. And, you know, obviously that was a big joke. If you want me to come and welcome him, I will do that. Uh, to, I'll welcome him to Southern California. So... Long story short, Will Rogers went and talked um, to this crowd of 80,000 people. Um, it was big pageantry. Obviously, in the 1930s, um, things were done a little bit differently. Um, um, so it was pretty cool to see. We have a video clip of it. Um, but Will Rogers got up there, and as he usually did, he kind of ribbed the um, at then governor of New York, Franklin uh, D. Roosevelt, FDR. Uh, Furter is what I call him. So um, he was up there, and... 
he was just laughing. We've got pictures of him. We've got the video clips and Will's cutting jokes and, um, you know, saying that uh, FDR saw me back when I was, uh, um, you know, on the stage um, at the Follies. You know, you saw me as a young man on the Follies. And so, you know, that relationship, even though maybe they weren't friends back then, they knew who each other was even back then. So, um, obviously, throughout Will's life, people began to uh, see Will kind of as a unique American treasure. Uh, that's kind of a, a theme, too. Um, uh, as we said earlier, he's becoming one of these big men um, and, and doing so through politics relationships as well. So through many of his life's ups and downs, uh, Will's character was revealed. Um, and this became kind of an, an attribute that a lot of Americans... Um, would emulate. Um, they were looking for Will, looking for guidance through Will. So that's another reason I think that he opened up for FDR, which the intern will talk about. So um, when, uh, <laughs> when FDR was elected uh, as the president, he, um, and actually actually won in a landslide, which is pretty cool, um, he kept Will kind of by his side, kind of close, close tucked there. Oh, and I want to go back um, real quickly. In 1928 and 1932, Life Magazine nominated Will Rogers um, kind of as a satirical president. Um, it was just a satirical comedy magazine, um, you know, kind of like Mad Magazine or The Onion as we have now. And it wanted Will Rogers and nominated him for president. Um, and it got so serious in 32 that uh, Franklin D. Roosevelt, uh, the nominee for the Democratic Party, said, Will, don't make the uh, donkeys chase its own tail. Um, and, and actually, uh, it got so serious that... Um, you know, it got to the point where FDR had to actually speak up. Because Henry Ford was actually going to be one of the backers for um, Rogers if he actually did run. So I thought that's interesting to mention. So back to FDR and Will Rogers' relationship. You know, it's a very uh, interesting relationship, and uh, obviously there's some trust there. And so when we're talking about the New Deal, and if you know that about the New Deal, those programs that FDR implemented from 1933 to 38 basically some social programs, the uh, National uh, Industrial Recovery Association, the AAA, the, the Civilian Conservation Corps, CCC, um, the WPA, a lot of that stuff um, helped um, America um, as far as, um, you know, the interior become um, good. We were really looking to upgrade a lot of stuff. It really helped people out of the Depression, giving people work. And Will Rogers, um, being a progressive, or, you know, what a progressive is becoming, really supported these public works projects. And so um, he saw the need um, for, for these projects and, and the brain trust. Um, so uh, Mr. Lucas Morrison is going to kind of talk a little bit more about that relationship and where Will Rogers come in, came in and helped out FDR and specifically how. Absolutely. Welcome. That's what I do to all my buddies. If Will Rogers was the the... Pathfinder to the Stephen Colbert's and the Jimmy Fallon's, and I think he did it perfectly with FDR. Um, and the quote you brought up at the beginning of the talk of FDR reminded me of this quote. Um, one of the first chats he had on the radio, which I'll talk about more in just a second, he said about FDR, he said, we elected him because he was a Democrat, and now we honor him because he is a magician. He's the Houdini of Hyde Park. Later on, he would go on to say, We've given you more power than we've ever given any man. Any man was ever given in the history of the world. So you take it and run it if you want to, you know, and deflate or inflate or complicate or, you know, insulate. Do anything just so you get us a dollar or two every now and again. 
Um, and basically what Rogers was saying at the time is that he and the people of the United States of America have placed a deeper trust in FDR than they had any president in a long time. And they say at the beginning of these talks, this was the first time in years that Will seemed downright optimistic about the direction of the country. In these talks, he got hired on by the Gulf Oil Company to perform the Good Gulf Show. Um, he was only hired, he was hired on in April of 1933. He was originally supposed to make seven nationwide radio broadcasts with him. He ended up making 53 total, um, and this was not the first time he's done radio shows either. The first time was with um, a company called Squib, um, fun name for a company, Squib. But, uh, and the original seven broadcasts with the gold, Good Golf Show made him $55,000, and something about all his radio shows with Squib and the Good um, and the Gulf Oil Company is he donated all to charity. So I think that's a good thing to mention about Will, is he was always looking out for the other other man. Big humanitarian. Huge humanitarian. Yeah. Um, send, send money, uh, Red Cross, um, Salvation Army, um, even overseas when they needed it sometimes, places he had formerly been. But essentially what this show ended up being was, you know, like the, the Jimmy Fallon of the day, the, the Stephen Colbert, the John Stewart. It was one of those shows of the day, um, except every night it was, it was a weekly show. It was Sunday, Sunday evening, Sunday evenings, and he, uh, well, we all know FDR for, for his fireside chats, and this show became, became um, right before the fireside chats, so he was really opening up the stage for FDR, and he was making a personal connection from pre another personal connection from president to people, um, and he was so widely popular that ministers around the nation um, complained about a 50% decrease in Sunday evening um, services. So people were skipping out on church to go listen to Will Rogers, which I suppose there's worse things they could be skipping out on church to go do. So I guess in a way they shouldn't be complaining too much, but. Well, uh, Will's, Will's influence through the radio, I think this is one of the biggest places we can see his influence through the radio, is him being the opening act, act for President FDR. Awesome. Well, uh, just want to say uh, thank you all to, uh, for uh, tuning in. Uh, thanks, Lucas, um, the intern. Oh! And, of course, Bart, too. Oh, uh, my. Phew. And, uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's uh, finish this up. Um, Certainly, thanks to uh, the Move Trio for the use of uh, the use of the music that's uh, used here on the podcast, and uh, thank you guys all for tuning in and RSU Radio for um, allowing us to be broadcast. And uh, I guess we'll see you next time. Thanks a lot, guys. Episode twenty-four in the books.